Welcome to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church, Springfield, Tennessee. Listen now as we join our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guests as they give biblical insight into your toughest theological questions as we explore the Bible together. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of We Found Another Hour podcast. Uh, It's great to be with you today. Uh, spring, it looks like it's about to spring. Mm. I would say it's sprung, but it's just springing. Uh, but it's beautiful outside. and I hope uh, as you tune in today, I hope you're excited about spring. You know, it just reminds me uh, as we walk through the seasons and many of you are from different parts of uh, the country and, uh, you know, our nation. So you experience seasons in different way but here in Tennessee and we've talked about this before like we get all seasons kind of daily uh, you never can tell as it transitions from winter to spring or spring to summer summer to fall uh, you never can tell what the weather's going to be it's such influx um, you know three weeks if you think about it three weeks ago uh, we had five days i think we talked about this on the podcast we had like five days of six inches of ice and snow and uh well yeah uh last weekend i got sunburn so we i mean that's just how it goes here in tennessee you need, you need to wear a hat <laughs> well uh no protection up there i, I well I it's mean, a land that, flowing with milk and honey are y'all mowing your yards this weekend are you I, mowing i've okay so i mowed i've mowed my yard twice and you know i pick up uh some yards as we do kind of ministry and i mowed three yards already this week i so broke the seal i just gotta knock the top of my weeds off i gotta mow so you have weeds oh yeah we oh, got weeds. you we can weeds. you can go another month without i've like one. tried to seed my yard but it's like uh you know the bible talks about that rocky soil that's what i got i got that rocky soil so <laughs> it's difficult it's a ministry opportunity. Yeah, on my grass. <laughs> on your own grass. Yeah. <laughs> Today we're experiencing what we introduced just a few weeks ago and a few episodes back. We're going to do Caleb's Corner today, so we'll get started on that in, in just a minute. But how's how's things going? Brother Caleb, how are you, how are you doing? How's the world of pastoral residence? Can you talk about pastoral residency? You want me to tell the truth or lie? Um. Well, I, I mean... <laughs> Somewhere in the middle, maybe. Okay. I mean. <laughs> oh, it's great. <laughs> no, it's good. Is that I, the I, truth or the somewhere in the middle part? Uh, well, may, maybe a little in the middle. No, no, it's good. Uh, I've been enjoying my been enjoying my time up here and in the pastoral what, residency program. Well, let me let me stop you right there. What is a pastoral resident? Because we introduce you as our associate pastor. Obviously, you serve as our associate pastor, but your official title is associate pastor in residence and we've talked a lot about residents and and uh, on previous episodes uh of our podcast you know brother drake nosco was our associate pastor in residence so what is what is what is your what do you do and so uh, basically i'm am uh, day-to-day trying to manage and and help minister to all our staff members and help uh the show keep running Everything, there's a lot going show, on. The show, yeah, I like that. 
this is the greatest show. <laughs> There's a lot going on at Grace Baptist, and I just try to help uh, all the trains run on time, basically. Have you seen that uh, movie, The Greatest Showman on Earth? Did you, did I, you I have that? not seen that one. You look like is the that woman what, who is has that the what it was called? Yeah. The Greatest the Showman? The greatest. I thought you were going to say I look it, like it's the It's either The Greatest Show or The guy. Greatest Showman. No, not the main guy. The lady who has, like... Uh, yeah, the lady with the beard. You're kind of like the lady with the beard. <laughs> I mean, it's about Barnum. Isn't it about P.T. Barnum well, Circus? Here's the difference. This kind of like it is here. Here's so. the difference. The lady with the beard couldn't eat 13 crystals. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And if we're you not, saw our previous We're not talking about crystals. <laughs> I don't believe that there. She could probably eat something else. <laughs> I a think, lot more of them. I, I think, hey, listen, I think she could eat. She could take you on a crib. But we're not going back to crystals. All right? We're, we're, <laughs> we're going to do our best to We did a whole episode. I had a dozen last night. And wasn't, I mean, 13 is like wimpy. But you didn't hit 13. You hit a dozen. Well, because so still, I didn't have it. I'm still the office champ, I got to say. <laughs> so <laughs> what you're saying, as a as an associate pastor in residence, the residency program is centered on how many crystals you can eat. But that's been mm-hmm. my biggest accomplishment and my greatest <laughs> failure simultaneously since I've been here. <laughs> so uh, give us a nugget of... Uh, what that looks like. You told us what you do, but but what does that look like? And to really clarify, I built a job description uh, as as God unfolded a residency program, okay, and and really field training. The the residency program, and you can learn more about this. You can go to our Grace for You Ministries website, graceforyouministries.org, uh, and it's all about the residency program. But what it is, is designed to give you everything in field experience that the classroom could not give you in terms of pastoral ministry. And we do it by uh, allowing you to be hands-on. So, uh, I mean, essentially, Brother Caleb, when you came in, and any resident that's come in, um, the operational aspects of church, and there are a lot of operation. This is an organization that exists as an organism, I don't have time to explain that, but there are operational aspects. I mean, there's uh, day-to-day tasks. There's, you know, we have buildings that, that have to be maintained and cleaned, you know, so there's a, a, a plethora of staff and, and you give leadership and direction to all of that from day one when you come in. And basically, Brother David, you'll appreciate this. Uh, essentially, the job description was written and it was written, everything that I didn't want to do as a pastor, I put in his job description. Amen. Bless the Lord. Come on. He's, he's to give him another title, he's the grease the skids minister. He greases the skids, makes everything work smoothly, make it operationally right. And so if there's a problem, is that you a, call him. Is that a Louisiana term? Maybe. I just don't want to be greasing my, my skids. <laughs> I'll do it for somebody else. Your skids will get greased for you. Great habits for your skids get greased. That's our new motto. That's it our just makes statement. everything That's the mission statement for the smooth. Staff. Uh, there we go. For the staff. We'll grease your skids. <laughs> grease. So, grease. Uh, but, well, we're thankful. We're thankful for what you do and you're doing a great job. And uh, we're, we're going to answer some questions today. Uh, in that you basically you get for lack of better terms I, I'll use a term that he's already used you get the show today I mean this is your show well excited I am I'm excited and the main reason I'm excited is because I don't have to answer any questions now I love answering Bible questions but we got some good pretty good tough ones today so really I mean 
he's already picked up on the main point of the residency. Give people things to do that you don't want to do. So you're asking <laughs> questions. Oh, yeah, he gives y'all jobs. He's a quick learner. Here's the beautiful part of, 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 of managing. Okay, and that's really what uh, the resident is, is learning to do is manage processes and people, what have you. And the main part of that is delegation. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you've perfected it today with Caleb's Corner. I think that's why you created Caleb's mm-hmm. Corner and asked to introduce that in the podcast so that you could, you, you could do the question asking and you wouldn't have to answer any questions. Delegation 101. I will neither confirm nor deny that, but yes. <laughs> yes, it, it's, a, it's a nice side effect. It's got to have some benefits, right? That's right. Well, listen, but here's what we'll do. You got your questions ready? I'm ready. I'm All ready right, to roll. Let's take a break, and uh, after the break, let's rock and roll with some Bible questions. We really appreciate our listeners sending these questions in. And these are uh, questions, the questions that you have are just a conglomerate of questions that we've not had time to answer mainly because like we spent a whole episode talking about crystal. But these are questions that have been sent in and we're going to answer them. We're, we're going to get them checked off the list uh, and answer them in this rapid fire session. So after the break, uh, stay with us. Hey, listening audience, I want to come before you and tell you about a great opportunity for your child. You've been hearing about Grace Baptist Academy. If you live in our area, you know about Grace Baptist Academy and already the reputation that uh, it has unfolded in the community with its excellence of education and uh, great biblical sound uh, biblical principles that are instituted as the un, you know, as the foundation of learning. So I want to come and tell you and let you know that registration is about to begin. Now we're going to be enrolling our plan for Grace Baptist Academy is to add a grade every year. So as we brought on kindergarten in this second year of Grace Baptist Academy, going into our third year, into our fall semester, we will bring on first grade. So we want you to know about that opportunity. Registration will begin at the 1st of April. And uh, you can go on our website, find out more about Grace Baptist Academy and how Grace Baptist Academy might just be the choice for your child's education. If you want uh, Christian education, uh, great teachers, great um, academic uh, excellence, if, if, you're, if this is what you're looking for, and most of all, consistency in the school year, we've at a low cost to you. And uh, I'll go ahead and let you know that our tuition for our upcoming 2021, or I'm sorry, 2021-22 school year is going to be $5,300. That's all inclusive. So everything from uniforms to everything your child needs is in a one-stop financial package. So if you wanted to know more about that, please go to our website at www.gbcspringfield.org and click on the Grace Baptist Academy tab and it'll navigate you to everything you need. I hope to see your student in August of 2021. All right, we're back. Brother Caleb, uh, take, take the reins here and lead us through Caleb's Corner. All right, so we've got a series of rapid-fire questions, and uh, some from the Old Testament, some are from New Testament. But what we're going to do is we're going to go on, go around the table. So each person is going to go, and then we'll go around again if we have time. 
and you're going to have, I'm going to say, one to two minutes to answer these. All right. Last time we we, we needed a buzzer. Do you, do you have the buzzer? Brother Michael, you got the buzzer. I mean, I can pull the buzzer up on my phone. You know, last time you did something with your, some noise you made with your mouth. Oh, I can't do that again, man. Sasquatch. Yeah. No, it was a Chewbacca. 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 I'm out on Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Yeah, Chewbacca. Why don't we just make a spitting sound? Our audience will resonate. There you go. There we go. That means time's up. But I don't know if we're going to be able to keep to that time, but we're going to do our best. Because we got a lot to answer, so if y'all ready, we'll go ahead and get started. And by Let's we, you mean everyone but, but you. Yeah. Everybody but me, okay. yes. Yeah, yeah. He's very ready to ask questions. If everybody but me is ready, there. we'll go ahead and get started. I mean, you, in the spirit of Alex Trebek, mm-hmm. come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, I mean, you look like Alex today. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that look like a bearded lady or Alex Trebek. <laughs> which, well, a little bit of both. Isn't he dead? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You look like a dead bearded lady. Rest in peace, Alex. <laughs> Rest in peace, Alex. Go ahead. All right. Anyway, I don't know how we got on that. All right. First question goes to Brother Steve. Here it is. Several times in the Old Testament, it reads that punishment for sin is that a person must be cut off from his people. So where does that person go? What kind of question is that? I, uh, can we go back to talking about crystals or something? I mean. What? All right, read the question again before you start the timer. All right. Several times in the Old Testament, it reads that punishment for sin is that the person must be cut off from his people. So where does this person go when they're cut off? Well, okay. How much time do I have? 50 seconds. (laughs) Okay. The reality of being cut off really can be translated. First of all, when you when you see that word cut off or the word cut, oftentimes the word make uh, in Hebrew is the word uh, karath. Karath, I think is, well, there's no sense in asking for a correct pronunciation from my Tennessee Hebrew. But karath, and it literally means to cut. Like over in Genesis chapter 15, uh, when God made a covenant with Abraham, Okay, he he literally he didn't make a covenant. He cut a covenant, and that was the purpose between the animal being cut in half and the, uh, mm. you know, going back and forth. He literally cuts a covenant with his people. So it's the same word, but it really it, it's translated cut off, just just like it says. It's translated to cut, but it can be interpreted. Okay, transliterated. Is that the right word? All right. In, in really three different ways. So when a person, when the Bible talks about a person being cut off, that person, like in Exodus chapter 12, verse 14 and 15, uh, they were talking about the, the feast of the Lord and throughout the generations you're to celebrate it as a permanent ordinance. And then if that person eats anything leavened from the first day to the seventh day, it's talking about the Passover. Uh, that person shall be cut off, karath, from Israel. Now, in that, there's three different ways that it can be interpreted. And it's you, you have to decipher what it is. Most of the time, when it's talking about that person being cut off, and then I think the question that the listener asked was, where do they go? Uh, they're, they're, they're going to eternity. Most of the time it's talking about is, is death. When that person is cut, 
out when they're karath. He's talking about um, being put to death. We see this. You can an example of that is Exodus 31, uh, Numbers chapter 15. Uh, it, it, it's synonymous with death when somebody you know for instance exodus 31 14 how much more time i got by the way i think our buzzer's broken you're over by 20 seconds oh my goodness so i'm gonna wrap it up with this exodus 31 14 you're to observe the sabbath for it's holy for you everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death for whoever does any work again profanes the sabbath that person shall be cut off mm. from his among from among his people mm. all right the, so it can mean death. It can mean banishment. That they would be outside the camp of Israel. That they would basically be put out and become a sojourner or a wanderer in a different nation. Or it can be a severing of their gene, uh, genealogical line. We see that in Leviticus chapter 20. Uh, a punishment for sexual sin. In that case was uh, uh, sexual immorality in the form of uh, incest, right? So that person's genealogical genealogical line was severed. They were cut off from the sight of his children. So in other words, people would see that they would be childless from that point on. Mm. So wow. three different interpretations. Where they go is either to eternity, outside the camp, or a um, a severing of their genealogical line. So you just have to see in context which one it is. Yeah, you you have to figure it out. It's not specific, so it's sometimes difficult. The main the main thing we take away from being cut off is when we, when we go outside the boundaries, it is a it, it is a detrimental. Uh, it, it affects us detrimentally in the fellowship of people and. The Lord. So it ain't no good. It's terrible. Yeah, right. Short so, answer. Ain't no I good. Don't want that. I don't know how. Yeah. Did, I, did I get a minute? I got a minute, I think. That was just under 60, <clears throat> 300 seconds. All right. <laughs> no, that was good. That's good. All right. Next question goes to Brother Derek, our mission right. pastor. Brother Derek, do we know what happened to Zebedee, the father of James and John? I think he was last seen in a boat with James and John when Jesus took them to follow him. His wife was with Jesus when he was crucified, right? So let's so just to summarize, who's Zebedee and what happened to him? Oh, Zebedee. Hey, let me help you, Brother Derek. He was cut off. He was cut off? Yeah, all right. No, go ahead. <laughs> he was removed from the Bible. He wasn't that important. No, uh, so we have Zebedee. Uh, this is the, the father of James and John. Now, we don't have a whole lot of information uh, about him. He is in the Bible. He, he pops up a couple of times. Most of the time we see him in... Uh, uh, at the beginning, like in Mark 1, verse 20, it says, Immediately he called to them, G talking about Jesus, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. So this actually tells us a little bit about Zebedee. It lets us know, one, that he was doing fairly well as a fisherman. Right? He had a hired hand. So it, it paints a different picture in the sense that uh, he's, he's not this necessarily this extremely poor fisherman. Now, this is not to say this is a rich man that's doing fairly well, but he's doing good enough to at least be able to hire people to help him out. Now, what, what exactly happens to Zebedee, we really don't know. 
uh, one of the, we see that like it is mentioned here. The question is: His wife there? Yes, yes, it does. It does show that in uh, Matthew twenty-seven fifty-six. It says, "Among them there were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's son." Uh, and and from that we can see that at least it seems to be that their family was most likely followers of Jesus. Now, what, to what degree, we don't exactly know. We know James and John become disciples and stick with Jesus. But, but it seems, though, that what we can pull from this is that Zebedee and his wife was most likely, they, they were for Jesus. Otherwise, right, they wouldn't, there's no way Zebedee would have allowed his wife to just go off and to do whatever she wanted. And that's just not part of the culture back then. And so he had to support this in some way. Now, was Zebedee there? We don't know. We don't have a lot of information about him. But what we can learn from it is, one, it seems that the whole family was supportive of Jesus' ministry, and to the point that his wife was there when Jesus was crucified. Uh, but beyond that, based on the Bible, we really don't have any more information about him. Hmm. So we don't know what happened to him. We just know he was there. And uh, so we get that a lot with biblical characters. Mm -hmm. They're there. We learn a little bit. And that's all God wants us to, t wants Joseph, to tell us. Joseph. Right. The earthly father of Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He just disappears. Old Zeb. Yeah. And Zeb I think... I think we have to remember whenever we're reading the Bible that it is not, it's not some novel. Uh, it's not there to uh, fulfill all or answer every single question, but it's there to answer the question. It's, it's there for very specific reasons. So when we do see people in the Bible, they're there for a specific reason. So we don't get the minutia that we might get in uh, fiction writing uh, because this is, is a historical account for a very specific reason. This is not to say we shouldn't learn about these characters because it is always interesting that someone, right, you're, you were paying enough attention to see that Zebedee is popping up at two different points in the Bible. So what happens to him? That, that's a good way to go about the Bible. We do want to remember that a lot of information we're just missing and it's not, it's simply because it's just not the priority uh, of the writer, priority of God, really. Brother Caleb, what I love about that, uh, and of course I got lost in conversation after minutia. I don't know what that means either. That's minutia. Like, but it almost sounds, like, it almost sounds like a pudding. Like this no. should be the name of a pudding. No, that's I, pretty good. It's minutia. a filler. It's, really, the, I really it's the description it. of the door in a story. Brother Derek has been hanging out with uh, Dr. David Lowe. Yeah. Because those are words. That's the smart end of the table. He's, he's a wordsmith. I love it. That is something I've never been accused of, but I appreciate it. Yeah. So, uh, listen, we'll continue Caleb's Corner. Let's take a quick break. You're listening to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about our church or any of its affiliates, please go online to www.gbcspringfield.org or simply write to us via email at podcast at gbcspringfield.org. We'd love to hear from you. Let's continue now listening as our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guest continue to give biblical insight to your toughest theological questions. All right, we're back again with some more rapid-fire questions this time. We're going to be going to our student pastor, Brother Michael. Are you ready? I have questions. All right, we're going to skip me up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, you got you got three questions. You you got lucky. You got three questions. That's good. That's really we're good. Gonna, it's an honor. It's an honor. It's an honor and privilege to ask these. So we're going to go back to uh, the Old Testament, back to the book of Exodus. And uh, the, the question that the listeners sent in is this. Why didn't Moses' face shine the first time he came down the mountain with the Ten Commandments? Ooh, that's a good one. Okay, y'all ready? Maybe. Give us the minutia. I don't even know what that word means, but I'm going to try my best it's to explain pudding. this. So uh, we're looking at Exodus chapter 32 when Moses comes down the mountain. And remember, God has given Moses the Ten Commandments. So I kind of will put this in a teaching format. Why? What prompts Moses to come down the mountain the first time after God gives him the Ten Commandments and he's laying out laws and ordinances for Israel? What, what prompts Moses to come down the mountain? He heard there was a party. Yeah, he heard there was a party, right? The Lord said, hey, listen, uh, you better get down there because they have, they have built, they have created an idol, and I'm about to consume them. So you better you better get down the mountain quick before I get down the mountain and we start over with just you. So Moses comes down the mountain. Okay, that's, that's the first time that Moses is up on the mountain. And then um, Moses goes into this process of being a mediator. I mean, God comes to him and basically says, Moses, I want to start over with just you. And Moses says, uh, don't do that. In fact, if you're going to do that, put all of the wrath on me. Blot me out of your book, but save your people. And who does that sound like? Mm. It starts with J, ends with Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. right? Oh, like, oh. like we're getting a picture. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so we're getting a picture good of how, how Moses is, is a mediator. But then um, if you look at Exodus chapter 33, and here's the answer to the question. Why didn't his face show the first time? Well, Moses is going to have an experience in Exodus chapter 33 that he has not yet had. He asks for God to reveal himself to him. Mm. Not, not in a manifestation like the burning bush. Not in the manifestation of the miracles, but he actually asks God to reveal himself to him. So here in Exodus chapter 33, um, God, God says, okay, I'm going to pass before you. I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock, and I'm going to cover your face to where you can see the backside of me. Michael, what does the backside of God look like? I don't know, but I know that from the time that Moses comes down the mountain from the second time, it says that his face shone. Well, my question when I read this is why? Why does his face show? And I think it's really interesting. And there's, there's two reasons. Number one, Moses comes down the mountain the first time because they have created an idol. And here's the truth about humanity. All of us are searching and wanting to worship something. And most of the time we gravitate towards what looks good. They create an idol to worship. They want something shiny. Moses' biggest problem in his ministry is that the very people he's called to save are the very people that doubt him the most. They give him the most problems. Uh, and we're all like pastors in the room, right? Probably right. going to be true for us, right? They're probably going to be the people that give us the most problems. But I think God's doing something. God knows that the people want to, to physically see that Moses is their leader. He knows that they're drawn to idols. And so I think what he's doing is literally putting a physical appearance on Moses that nobody can argue with. And from this point on, from Exodus chapter 33 on, uh, the Bible says that when Moses goes and he speaks to God, um, his face does shine. And he, he will unveil and veil his face. So I think his face is shining um, to give people the understanding, hey, I've just talked with God. 
the creator of the universe. You can trust me. You can listen to me. And here's the, the big takeaway that I get away from this. Do people see a difference in us because of the time that we've spent with the Lord? Maybe not physically, maybe not our faces are shining, but, but when we spend time with people, um, does his presence, I really like the word ooze, does his presence like ooze or drip off of us to where they realize, man, this person is this person's different. The way they think, the way they talk, the way they handle themselves. Um, so I think two things. Number one, his face doesn't shine because he's not had that encounter. God has not revealed himself to him yet. And then I also think that God does it so that there can be no more argument of who the leader is that God has chosen. And God chooses a, a mediator who the Bible says he's the meekest man in all the earth. It's the most humble man. So I hope that answers the question. I know I went way over on time, but I feel like that, that question's got to be worth at least three questions. I, I'm pretty sure that that was like just right under a minute. The beauty of that, though, is in the New Testament, the mediator... Moses was a personal mediator, and Jesus Christ is a personal mediator yeah. of God for us. And so the the picture of the Old Testament pointing to the New Testament mm -hmm. is, wow, that's right Yeah, and there. Jesus comes along, I'm a greater Moses, mm -hmm. right? He didn't just say, God killed me and said them. He actually did it, right? Mm -hmm. God put, put me out so they can be in. Now, obviously, he's not put out of heaven you know he's there but it's just an awesome awesome picture of what's coming in the transfiguration mm -hmm. just, oh, yeah man, that's good what i'm going to take out of that is that we need to ooze ooze baby ooze, ooze it kind of baby that's the definitely glory. the first time i've ever heard god's glory described as slimy oozing baby no i'm, I'm just like, saying like, you know pe people should have encounters with us and know something's different that's true that's the true. smell the ooze that's right <laughs> <laughs> all right brother david you ready Yes, sir. You've been you've been restraining yourself, chomping the bits. Yeah. Now it's time. Your time to ooze. All right. We're gonna to go to Leviticus. <laughs> if there's any consolation, the, the the listeners cannot see this, but he is dressed and ready for this question. I can guarantee. Oh, you ready. look great today. Thank you. Today. I'm a Robertson County. Guarantee you. Guarantee. We we talk about that every Thursday. You amaze me. <laughs> You amaze me with how you come to the studio. It's amazing. That's right. All right, Brother David. Leviticus chapter 12. Why would a woman be unclean for seven days after giving birth to a son, but for 14 days for giving birth to a girl? May I say, first I'm glad of all, you got that question. <laughs> thank you for choosing me to answer this question. Been I blessed. have been married nearly 31 years, and so I've learned not to speak on um, my wife's behalf sometimes. And this would be one of those times, so I'm going to forego that. No, I'm not. Um, so this is a, it's a legit question because uh, if a woman had a male child, she, she's unclean for roughly 40 days. And if she had a female child, she was unclean for up to 80 days. And so the questioner is asking, what's the difference? Now, the, the big answer is there's not um, one answer to this. There's some hypotheses about it. And um, so I can cover a couple of those. Um, some would say it would go back to creation uh, with the male, uh, Adam being created before the uh, female. Others would say that it would have to do with uh, um, 
the issue of blood and uncleanness as it relates to worship in the temple and somehow with a female giving birth to a female, that whole process um, gets um, times two, essentially. So it's not a, um, I don't believe it to be a superiority thing at all uh, related to males versus females, um, but there was definitely different um, laws or understandings uh, related. Uh, some of some people believe the guy's shorter period of time um, would have to do also with the male being circumcised and that fitting into the law of uh, the Israelites. And so when you read things like that, you sometimes just kind of scratch your head and say, that's interesting. Well, there was a purpose behind it. And there are two or three options there to consider. Um, it's not something I think we can be definitive about, nor do we need to get sidetracked by. They had some laws, and sometimes we don't understand them in the context because um, of being, an Israel, uh, being an Israelite in the Old Testament and the cultures and the practices and the ways in which they did things. Hey, can I help summarize that uh, for Brother David? In other words, the answer to the question is, we have no idea. We have no, hey, and you know what? Uh, this is what I was thinking, Brother Michael. You know what would be fun about that question in terms of, you know, the boys versus girls and all this? You know what would be fun? Uh, to ask that question on, like, the view. Mm. <laughs> Here's my Ooh. thing. Okay, so when somebody is unclean, they're removed from the camp, right? Same thing we've been talking about. Cut off. Like, like, is there is there a removal of them from the camp? I don't from think the temple. So. Okay, from, from the, the temple. temple. Okay, from so it's temple. not so. Okay, so I'm just thinking this, and I'm reading it, and I'm like, man, who's got baby? Who's got that baby? Mm -hmm. That whole time. Yeah. So it's not okay, from okay. the camp. I mean, they're they're at home. They just nor can't is come it the mother's care for the boy, child. Man, that be yeah. that explained why people didn't want to have kids. It's man, from the raised. temple. All right. So like, did we get through all the questions? We got through all the first half of the questions. Oh my goodness. So here's what we'll do. We'll we'll take a break. And let's continue, and this will be a longer episode. I imagine that Marshall Romero, who uh, we introduced, you know, our communications director, I got a feeling that he's not going to let this thing go on for hours. So we'll continue answering the questions, and we'll let him uh, divide the episodes, if you will. So I got a feeling that we'll just pick up after this break in, uh, in a new episode. But we'll continue on. Stay with us. Listening to We Found Another Hour with your host, Dr. Steve Freeman, a ministry and podcast of Grace Baptist Church of Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about becoming a follower of Christ, we'd love to have that conversation. Please contact us at 615-384-3393. For other questions or information regarding Grace Baptist Church or its affiliates, write to us via email, podcast at gbcspringfield.org. And as always, as we explore the Bible together, if you have a theological question that you'd like answered on our podcast, send the question to podcast at gbcspringfield.org. Thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless you.